Hello, hello, everyone. Amanda Grace here with you. Grace out loud. We are going to get started in a few minutes and bring my co-host Marty Grisham in. Hello to everybody watching the United States and around the world and to our moderators and our Ark of Grace team. Thank you for helping us do what we do for the Lord. <clears throat> I know I sound a little funny still. I'm still fighting off <clears throat> the tail end of this cold. And so praise God. It is getting better. Chris was not feeling well yesterday. So pray for Chris. He was he was pretty much in bed three quarters of the day yesterday. And so um, we thank Dr. Bartlett also for helping us as well. Uh, and so we are on the mend. So let's uh, let's begin, shall we? You never know what's going to happen when Marty comes on. It's like being shot out of a cannon sometimes. So... <laughs> And, and what's going on backstage so far? <laughs> That's the most sweet and accurate introduction I've ever had. Thank you, Amanda. You're very welcome. How are you? Well, I'm, we're doing great. We've been busy. Um, we have a Tulsa Healing Revival um, yes, in do. two days. Uh, so tomorrow night and then the next morning. So Saturday morning, we have the Tulsa Healing Revival here. We have complete sold out, 800 seats filled up to the brim great speakers going to have a great time looking to get a lot of people healed so we're super excited about it and i really want to start planning the next time we get you in town I, i'm going to come in throwing out some invitations and try to plan what that looks like maybe in the fall so okay we can plan that for the fall Sounds i'm going to plan that for the fall and um so we, we will definitely we'll, we'll probably discuss it first plan it and then we will make sure to announce it to everybody. So let, let me ask you, Marty, if you would like to open up in prayer or yes. you want me to, you want to open up? Well, I love your prayers. I think today I, I would love okay. to have you open in prayer. That sounds wonderful. Okay. All right. Let's open in prayer and then we will, we'll just go with the spirit of the Lord. Yes. Yes. Okay. Father God, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ. We come before you this day, Lord. We praise you. You are almighty God. You are high and lifted up far above every power, principality, and might. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise due your name, Father. Lord, we humble ourselves this day before you and before your throne, asking that the pull of the flesh becomes less in our lives, so you, your will, and your power become more in our lives. We acknowledge you sent your son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, to the earth, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the Passover lamb, the sacrifice for our sins. He willingly died at Calvary. We were purchased at Calvary by the shedding of his blood. We were redeemed and reconciled back to our Father in heaven. We praise you, Lord, that Jesus Christ rose again in three days, appeared to many, and then ascended to be victoriously placed at the right hand of the Father, where he rules and reigns forevermore. And Lord, we just honor that before you this day. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we invite your presence and the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, Lord, to fill where we are, Father God, that just the weight of your glory and the power of your presence would saturate the atmosphere and move. Lord, that you would lead and guide us in all wisdom, counsel, might, power, and the reverential fear of the Lord. By the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, by the spirit of the one true living God, may only the truth and power of almighty God with authority, Lord, now come forth in Jesus' name. Father, 
We rebuke the devourer in the name of Jesus Christ. Every plot scheme, contract assignment that the enemy would attempt, we command it be dismantled, destroyed, nullified, disarmed, canceled, and cast back to the dry places and pits and areas from which it came to be bound there in the name of Jesus Christ and not return or have anything sent in its place. Lord, take all the glory for yourself. You are the potter. We are most certainly the clay, Father God. You are the author and finisher of our faith, Father you, we, we are here, Father God. We are here on Grace Out Loud today because of your breath of life in us, Father God. Your word says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And we do that this day. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Do you hear the birds go nuts? When the presence, yes. they all started, they all started. So, <laughs> so the presence of the Lord is moving because they begin to get that way when that happens. Oh, praise God. Mm-hmm. Well, I do believe we're going to have a great show today. And we're going to cover, really start just getting more and more, Amanda, into what I think these last maybe four shows, I'm not really sure mm-hmm. how we've been touching on praying for the nation in the last three or four shows. And really, how do we save a nation? What do we do? And what does it look like? And so many, many, many people who are just absolutely powerful and wonderful, they'll revert first and foremost to praying for the nation. And I'm 100% on board with that. But the praying for the nation doesn't save the nation. Mm -hmm. It prepares the nation to be saved. Amen. Praying for the nation is praying for the people of the nation. Yes. And when you pray now, and also you can pray for government, you can pray for, there's so many, you know, all the mountains, but I'm, I'm talking about when you talk about a city, you're not talking about the buildings and the cars and the streets. You're talking about the people, you know, the people of the land is what the land is. It's, it's about the people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about saving this nation, we're talking about saving the people. That's who the precious fruit of the earth is. It's not mm-hmm. the Rocky mountains over to the sea and from the boundaries of Canada to Mexico. It's not the dirt. It's not the rock. It's about the people, you know? And so yeah. saving America, saving this nation is about the precious fruit of the earth. And we see here in scripture where the Lord begins to talk about precious fruit of the earth in the book of James. And he says, he literally calls them the precious fruit of the earth. Um, here in James 5, 7, James said, Be patient, therefore, brethren, to the coming of the Lord. Behold the husbandman. That word means farmer, gardener. It means, okay. it, it means it's the husbandman is like the one that comes in prunes. Like um, he's the vine where the branches there in John 15. So John 15 talks about how we're the branch and it goes on to say, and the father, the gardener will go and prune those that he wants to grow up and mature them. Right. So that they bear more fruit. Same kind of context here. The husbandman is a farmer. It's the, it's the one who owns the field. It's the one who owns the harvest. We see that also the same connotation of the father in the scriptures in Matthew nine, that calls him the Lord of the harvest. So we see this with the husbandman. So that's the farmer or the grower waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. Well, that's the lost. That's those that's never received Christ. And are, and then also those who have received Christ, they're also the precious fruit of the earth. But we're concerned about, we are concerned about the ones who have not received Jesus. So how do we reach them? Prayer's a big part. But today I wanted to get, because we've talked about it, yes. but today I wanted to get over into the incorruptible seed of God's word, 
1 Peter 1.23, that seed of God's word, what do we do with the seed? How do we get that seed? Because it is the word of God that saves someone, not prayer. Now, I know people's mind will go tilt, tilt, tilt a little bit, <laughs> but prayer prepares them to receive the well, word of God. that's true. It does. And it that's... Too. That's mm-hmm. my point. We just want to, if we can just break it down the right way to see it, prayer does save them, but it causes their heart to be softened to receive the word, which is the preaching and the teaching of the word. Listen, people who want to shut down a government, they want you to no longer preach and teach. That's because that is the power, that that's the power of God's word to get someone saved. Praying for someone they st- doesn't make them saved. They still have to receive Christ, which is in the word. Action. Yeah. That's so to be an so the, the two work together. So go mm-hmm. ahead, Amanda. Well, that's true. There has to be an action with it. That person has a free will and they have to make that decision. So praying tills the soil of their heart. In fact, in Ezekiel, it says, I will turn your heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And that's what begins to happen as the Lord prepares And that prayer chisels away and begins to soften and ready them to receive. Because if the soil is not ready, when you, when you are going to plant vegetables or flowers or whatever, the soil has to be prepared first. It has to be tilled and broken up and any weeds torn out, you know what I mean? And then you want to put, you know, maybe some good extra topsoil on it. So when the seed is dropped in, it will actually grow. Yeah. And it won't, it won't die in bad soil. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so there's two main things we can see from the word of God that prayer mm-hmm. does in saving the nation when it comes to the precious fruit of the earth. Now, obviously prayer and exercising authority, praying and saying will push back demonic powers, will make darkness back up. So there's things along those lines, but even that doesn't cause a person to get saved. You actually have to get the seed of God's word sown into the heart of a person, mankind, for them to receive that. Think of it. I mean, the laws of this spiritually are just like the laws naturally of planting in a field. The seed has to get in the soil. If the soil is hard and it just sits on top, it will. the birds of the air, as we saw in Mark 4, which we may cover that, will come and steal that. It has to get inside this softened soil that's softened by prayer as we pray over them. And when it gets in there, then it gets watered. Well, that's the second thing, Amanda. Praying for them consistently also causes the Holy Spirit to water the seed. So you're softening the soil and you're watering the seed with the word of God and with prayer. Yes. Well, that's exactly what you're doing because obviously a seed to grow needs nourishment. Otherwise it won't grow. So it has to be watered in order for it to what then? Break through because that now what is in that seed has to break through and come up through the dark soil, right? Into the light. And then it begins to grow from there. And this is why it's so important to to ensure that with your soul, that you are making sure you are attending to and and weeding and basically checking your soul because weeds grow in a garden, right? 
Yeah. Wheat and tares grow together sometimes. So you want to make sure that is not choking out the good growth that the Lord is doing. Yeah, absolutely. So to go over to Mark 4, now we're going to keep reminding us ourselves and you guys throughout the show of the role of prayer because if we haven't heard it this way before, we have to kind of renew our mind on this because we have to be supporting the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. You can just pray, 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 right? But do you know even one of the main prayers concerning the precious fruit of the, of the world that God's longing for, one of the main prayers is in Mark 9, where prayer itself is we're praying for God to send people out to sow seed. Mark 9, 36 through 39, I'll give you homework to go read that. It's basically talking about pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, talking about the Father, that he would send the right laborers into the field to sow the seed and to and to take the harvest and to take that precious fruit off of the vine. So it's so important to get the word of God sown into people's hearts. That's how they get saved, and that's done by preaching and teaching. Now, you could hand someone a track, or, you know, a piece of paper. People don't know what tracks are today. I'm back in the days from the 70s. I remember tracks. I used to... I used to pass out tracks. We had tracks, and one of them was a nice little trifold track. I was probably like eight years old, Amanda. I was a little evangelist, ready to take all my neighbors. The only problem was I only had one neighbor. So his name was Mr. Bud, and he was about 93. And I had a track. I was about eight or nine. I had a little track from church, and the name of it was, Are You Sick and Tired of Being Sick and Tired? Well, I didn't realize that Mr. Bud's 93 years old. Whether he's sick and tired or not, he looks sick and tired <laughs> because he's just, you know, he's 93. Now, he's still farming. He's still raising 100 head of cattle. I mean, he had he had cleared all of the land in our whole area with a with a with an axe, you know, like 70 years before, an axe and a mule. And so, I mean, all the trees and made fields out of it. So this guy knows something, you know, but I took him this track. I went home and my mom said, what are you doing? Don't. He's not sick and tired. He's just 93. I'm like, come on, mom. I'm eight, nine, or 10 years old. I don't know what's going on. So, but I sure can pass out a track. Well, so tracks, you could even hand someone the written word of God on a little piece of paper and they can get saved from that. So there's That's just true. many ways, but we need, we, all of us, we need to somehow be sowing our money, our time, our energy, and a lot of our focus towards that we're continually promoting the preaching and the teaching of the word. Sometimes we get super excited about prayer. Now I have to say, I'm a, I got a prayer ministry, so I understand. But in that prayer ministry, I'd love for the body to stay balanced. Pray, yeah. pray, pray. But also we need to preach and teach that needs to get, we need tents put up in inner cities. I'm well, of course there's no room in inner cities, but we need evangelists, we, this is the hour for the evangelists to sweep this nation because they got healing in their hand. They got preaching and teaching prophetic power in their mouths. This is time to get the preaching and the teaching to keep moving forward and like never before. So I just want to always bring this up to keep this balance that prayer is absolutely essential, but it's kind of like fueling the teaching and the preaching because that's needed for salvation. It is needed. And, and I said this actually to a pastor friend of mine on the phone the other day. I said, I think the United States is one of the hardest mission fields there is. Now, yeah. why do I say that? 
when you go to third world countries, it's easier to preach Jesus Christ to people yeah. that are desperate and have nothing. Yeah. You know, it, it it is, it is, you know what I mean? It's like, they're so desperate. They're right there. They're ready. But then how do you preach then Jesus Christ and why they need him in that relationship with the father to people that, you know, that have tech, you know, tons of technology, you know what I mean? And, and, and jobs and provision and all these other things, yeah. you know, it, it becomes, it becomes a more, a, a more interesting and strategic uh, task and mission to do. And I think the United States, yes, is, is an incredible mission field right now that is in desperate need of a complete move of God across the nation because it affects the other nations. This is why it's so important to, to so get important. it right here for that yeah. move to happen here, for it to sweep here, because that power then goes out to the other nations. And this is why you're right. This is the hour it needs to happen because darkness is attempting its fiercest leg in yeah. this hour. You know, we think, we think that, th that they're not going to try to blitz right now when they are. They are going to try to blitz right now. We should be expecting it actually and preparing ourselves for it. I agree. Um, we really, and you know, I had the word of the Lord come to me. I had a, a smaller loudmouth prayer event here. Oh my, what was it? Just a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And the word of the Lord came to me and it came very revelatory. And he showed me because of the tactics and the strategies of the enemy against us, the father is just pulling back the scales of confusion and just opening up and revealing the tactics and the data. He said, I'm downloading data to my people, showing them the tactics of the enemy before he even implements them. Amen. We have got to win this from the spiritual perspective. There is no way, Amanda, to win this from the natural perspective. No, if we are not doing this with the power of God, with the Holy Ghost, with the word, we are not going to win. So we have to keep moving forward. So that's what's so interesting about the body of Christ. You know, someone gets really spiritual. Oh, shut them up. Listen, we need more spiritual. This is the time for more spiritual. The reason why we're in this situation is because we had a whole lot of dry sermons of nothingness. I said it. Dry sermons of nothingness have led us to this weak, crippled, little goofed up church. Either that, the old, the old level of church that's just too um, unenergetic to do anything, not being inspired. You know, leaders, they lead people. So if we have been led to a place of nothingness, it's because we've been led. The leader took us there, right? Yes, every single person has their own, their own walk with God to stay on fire or to not stay on fire. But the majority of the body of Christ that is asleep, that is not doing anything right now, they were led there. They were led there. Tactics and strategies of the enemy came against the leaders in the body of Christ and caused them to just get watered down, full of fear, making decisions out of money, and just really turn away from the move of the Holy Spirit and turn away from tongues and turn away from the power of God. You're not going to have a successful church that is not embracing the full workings of the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, when you take sheep 
and you lead them to a pasture that has everything but grass that is rich in nutrients. It makes the sheep sick. It makes them restless. It, it, It does quite a few things. And so this is what's happened. They've been led to pastures that have everything that they don't need that has fed them stubble and, 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 and dry wafers and nothing of substance at all. And this is why so many of them, like in these churches right now that you're speaking of, it's a mess. It's an absolute spiritual mess. Nothing is in order. The people are not equipped. Nobody has any idea how to use the authority of the believer. Everybody thinks that, that, uh, tolerance is, is the, you know, is the number one, you know, most important thing to teach people is to just tolerate and accept everything and bring it around you. And that's compassion. No, that is not compassion. Jesus had compassion on people while still guarding himself. Yeah. The disciples had compassion on people while still guarding themselves. Okay. The biggest lie the enemy has fed the church is that you have to tolerate and accept everything and bring every devil in to be seated in your church and have a say in what goes on, because that's what they're doing. They're, yeah. they're putting out a welcome that they're inviting them all in to hold a round table and have a say in what goes on in the house of God. That's what they've done. It is so dangerous what yeah. they have done. And um, some of these people that are at the pulpit are literally in a, in agreement. And what I mean, agreement, like almost like a contract in agreement with those that are of a very corrupt and wicked and, and, and globalist and satanic agenda. And they are in agreement with them and purposely doing this from the pulpit because they're feeding them the finances that they want. <laughs> That's what's going on. There, I said it. So. Hmm. Hmm. Some would say. There they go again. Some would say, there's Amanda and Marty talking about those problems again. Some would say, why are we just keeping complaining about the pastors? For one, this isn't complaining. No. Number one, I got a news for you that would say anything along those lines. The Lord appeared to me, not necessarily in open vision, but came to me very, very strongly in the spirit and talked to me about Mark. Uh, talk to me about Matthew. I'm just going to pull it up real quickly. I want to bring out a point about this. Um, so let me just do a quick search. Appreciate your patience. Praise the Lord. I want to show you something. I'll, I haven't really revealed this and shared this much, but okay. it's some really good insight into why Amanda and I are talking about what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because you hear her and I both say this many times that the most powerful entity in this earth is the body of Christ. And so... If you're trying to use government, you're trying to use all these other things to fix stuff. Well, those other things are the stuff that needs fixing. You're trying to use a broken down mechanism to take care of people. You're trying to take a take a, a mechanism that's got darkness in it and bring light. You can't bring sweet water out of a bitter river. You can't. But the body of Christ, now they've got the Holy Ghost, the ghost with the most. They got the word. They've got the spirit of God living inside them. And so there's no bitter. 
There's no bitter water. There's It's all pure, natural power of God that we have the answers. The body of Christ has the answers to save this and turn this around. But in Mark 9, I said it earlier, Mark 9, 36 through 39. So the Lord came to me a while back, and he said this to me. He said, I want you to read Mark, um, and I'm sorry, Matthew. I'm so sorry. Matthew 9, 36 through 39. The Lord came to me and said this to me. He, he said, go read this right now. So I pulled it up. But when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. The Lord said to me, son, I've called you to help the body wake up. I've called you to help the sheep so that when you see the sheep scattered and weary and not having a shepherd, this is what Jesus said to me. When you see that, I'm allowing you to see it through my eyes. Don't think it's wrong because sometimes we have a messed up vision or messed up understanding, no concept spiritually of what love looks like. Love knows there's a problem. Love doesn't deny the problem and say, oh, there's no problem. Love should just overlook the problem and just be happy and at peace. No, love sometimes with a hand of correction will come in and fix the problem and address the problem. I know I've got three children. They're getting older, but I'm telling you, there's been times where they've got a spanking. There's been times where I put my finger in their face and said, you will not speak to your mother that way. You will not do this. You will do this. This is what you will do. And I've come in with firmness. And almost every single time I look at them and say, I love you. And the love and the compassion in my heart would be so strong because I don't want to bruise them in their heart. I want to make sure they understand I'm doing this out of love. I don't want to hardness a heart. Well, so in this, the Lord said to me, Marty, you're called. And I know Amanda is too. You guys are called to see the problems. You're called to help the problems so that when you see the sheep and when you see that they're weary and scattered and like having no shepherd, that's what we're seeing. The sheep in the body of Christ right now, Amanda, is just as though many of them, they have no shepherd. Well, this is true. And I'm going to read something that goes along with this, okay? Okay. This is from 1 Kings chapter 22. I'm going to set the stage for this before I read this. Starting, I think, at... um, Let me see here. Where do I want to... Where do I want to start here? I want to probably start at verse 19, but I'll set the stage for this. So what what, what book and chapter was it? First Kings chapter 22. Okay. So Jehoshaphat and Ahab are together. And Ahab, now Jehoshaphat should have never been making any alliances with a, a wicked king like Ahab because Jehoshaphat was a righteous king. But Ahab asked him to go into battle with him. And Jehoshaphat asked to inquire of the Lord. Ahab brings his prophets of Baal to inquire of the Lord. And, oh, you'll be victorious, you'll be successful, go into battle, blah, blah, blah. And Jehoshaphat famously says, is there not a prophet of the Lord around here we can inquire of? So they call Micaiah. And Ahab doesn't like Micaiah, he says, because he never prophesies anything good about me. This is why he doesn't like Micaiah, because Micaiah tells the truth. Verse 19, this is what Micaiah says. 
Then Micaiah said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing by on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, who will persuade Ahab to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one spoke in this manner and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours. And the Lord has declared disaster against you. But what Micaiah says also that is so interesting. He said, I saw Israel. Now, let me see where it is in here, because it's exactly what you said. He saw them like sheep scattered without a shepherd. And so I'm looking for the verse right now to see exactly where it was, because it's at the beginning of the vision where he says this, that he saw this. Oh, my goodness. What verse is it? Because I'm looking at it right now and I know he said it. And he said, I saw Israel like sheep scattered without a shepherd. That's what he said. So I find this interesting that you said that, and this pertains to this exact uh, exchange between Micaiah, a prophet of the Lord. Is it verse 17? Let's see. Yes, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. Yeah. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. Yeah. So see when you go when you go read Ephesians, which I'm just gonna pull up Ephesians, praise the Lord. When you go read Ephesians and you really have to take it in the context of what's being written because the wording sometimes a little tricky. Ephesians four. So turn with me, Ephesians four. Yes, turn over there. It's okay. It's okay for you to use your Bible too. Praise the Lord. I'm not talking to Amanda. I'm talking to everyone else. I have it. I'll turn to it. Um, Ephesians 4. I'm going to read this in the New King James. Mm -hmm. And verse 11. And Jesus himself. I find it interesting how strong that was written. It said he himself. It didn't say and he gave. It said he himself. So he's the head of the body. So he is the highest in command of the entire body of Christ, Jesus is the head. So Jesus, the head, he himself with his own hand gave five gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, Jesus gave these gifts. So when you see a pastor or a prophet or an apostle or a teacher or an evangelist, when you see one of these five, you see a person, but Jesus sees a gift a gift that was given to bring fruit and to produce a result, you know? And so Jesus gave these gifts so that these five gifts in verse 12 would equip the saints so that the saints could do the work of the ministry. Many people read this, that he gave these five gifts for them to do all the work of the ministry. There's too much work of the ministry. There's too much for just ministry gifts to do this. There's no way five ministry gifts is going to be able to do all the work of the ministry needed to reach all the precious fruit of the earth. And that's why much of the precious fruit of the earth is not being reached because this is wrongly interpreted by many of the five gifts. 
and they're not doing their job. And I'm calling out today and I'm saying in the name of Jesus, do your stinking job. Do your job. Come on, do your job. Your job is to raise up the people in the body of Christ that they do the work of the ministry because you can't do it alone. And I know it's great for you to receive big lumps of money and checks and have all the notoriety and, hey, hey, look at me. Oh, whoopty freaking hey, let me tell you something. You've got to disciple people. I'm sorry, man, I'm getting wound up. You've got to. Okay, go right ahead. I'm not sorry, actually, um, but I know you're with me. You've got to get people in the body trained up and equipped that they know that they're called to ministry. But you have to show show to them they might not be one of the five gifts, but they're still called to ministry. Get after it. So if I took five people and put them under Billy Graham, one of the greatest evangelists of our generation, of, of, of the last hundred years, Do you know five out of five would start talking like him, walking like him? They would use his phrases. They would use his scriptures. They would begin in time to produce the results of that ministry gift. That's one of the things we do as ministry gifts. People will come under us and we put in them what they need where they'll duplicate what the five gifts can do. I'm not going to tell you they're going to operate at the same anointing level of the five gifts because those five gifts are specially anointed. So, but I'm saying they're go, they're, the people under them are anointed to do the work of the ministry, to reach the precious fruit of the earth. They're going to have healing in their hands. They're going to be able to preach and teach. They're going to be able to work with children's. I just did 11 years. They're going to be able to take care of the parking lot when over, everyone shows up at church. They're going to go help put up a tent that 4,000 could go in the outskirts of a major city and fill it up and put up the speakers and put up the lights and put up everything and get people safe. You know what I'm saying? There's much work that needs to be done. The leaders have to get the people busy. Well, that, and I'll, I'll tell you, I believe with a faction of the church, the reason they don't want to do that is because it will actually begin changing the empire that they have built this is why because people then will begin operating in miracle signs and wonders they will begin operating in gifts of prophecy they will begin to discern better hear uh more clearly what the lord is saying and they will begin to actually evoke change which will change their machine that they have built and will change the agreements they have made with outside groups that have wicked agendas to try to get the people of their congregation to accept those agendas. You see, that's what they're that's what they're doing behind the scenes. They're working hand in hand with these groups to try to get their congregation to accept these agendas and take it as gospel, kind of like the 3000 Protestant pastors in Germany tried to the 3000 that defected towards Hitler tried to get their congregations to accept that the third Reich was a good thing for the nation. And it will drastically change the structure, the spiritual makeup and how what they have built operates and they don't want that. So instead they poorly equip the people intentionally they always keep them on the surface so nobody ever goes too deep and sees what they don't want them to see yeah and 
it seems to me how Amanda's made reference to this twice that she has some inside information that she's not sharing. So yeah. we're not gonna we're not gonna try to get it out of her, but I, no, I, I, I have heard things from the Lord. Oh, you have heard. See, I'm just sensing it from the Lord <laughs> and what I see and, and discerning yeah. that these things have really gone on. Yeah, yeah, they have gone on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um some of my people over here that you know over here in the Tulsa area. Yes. I won't say no names, but they they talk a lot about things that's happened behind the scenes and uh, how money's in being shifted mm-hmm. around and being used. Just like just like lobbyists, what do they do? Mm-hmm. What does a lobbyist do? You got a few hundred million or whatever behind it, whatever it, whatever it is, whatever they need to go sit down with the lawmakers and say, hey, let's take you on a trip, have a nice meal. Hey, let's talk. You know, the people that I support, the people that hire me, they – they really would like you to vote this way. And, you know, what does it take to just win your heart over? Yeah, well, sometimes it takes $100,000. I don't I don't know. I mean, you know, but we all know that takes place. Well, now we see that's happened in the body of Christ, in the leadership. You know, the money, the love of money is still the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. But is. even in saying that, I just saw in the spirit a broom. I just saw the broom of the Holy Ghost ready to just sweep all the trash up in a corner and replace it. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm thinking, Amanda, it's about time. I'm thinking it's happening more than what we know that there's a sweeping taking place. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes in like a broom and he goes to sweeping on someone wrong, first, because he's so merciful and loving, he'll try to sweep the darkness and the dark decisions out of that leader, of that spiritual leader in the body. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll, he'll try that. But if that, if they refuse to judge themselves, what does it say? Judge yourself lest you be judged. Mm-hmm. So then the broom gets a little bit bigger. And it's going to just sweep the person on out of the way. Yes. And replace them with someone. So God is so, so that God has been at this place of bringing corrections and prompting them to make the right decisions and fix where they've been wrong. But if I think many have taken their time and um, not given heed to his promptings and it's time for them to set aside because we're going to do this, Amanda, one way or the other. And what happens here, the scripture where I stopped where the edifying of the body of Christ so that we all, we get the body of Christ trained up to do the work of the ministry. The very next thing it says in verse 13 of Ephesians four is till we all come to the unity, the unity. You can't stop this body when it's united. And that's what the Holy Spirit is using the five ministry gifts for right now. The ministry gifts are be using right now to begin to chip away all the hardness and begin to work on unity. There's so much weird division. Even on this last trip when we were in Miami, I came up and said, Amanda, I just saw some weird division. I'll send you a message. And so we were able to talk about another weird thing of division. It makes no sense. But you know who I see the division keeps coming from? Who? The immature the immature leaders in the body of Christ, the immature yeah. and insecure, they get their eyes on others instead of on the bullseye. Yeah. Insecure and immature both begin with the letter I. Me, really myself, good. and I. Mm-hmm. That's where maturity happens, yeah. where it's always I, 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 instead of Lord, 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 Lord. And that's where so, it happens. 
the Lord spoke to me maybe two years ago. He, he had a time where he talked to me about the ministry gifts. He said, I want you to begin to work with and, and, and bring ministry gifts together. Now, June the 30th, we're having a prayer event here in Tulsa. I don't make it a Marty prayer event. As you know, if you ever come to my events, I have never done an event on my own. I don't want to. Lord have mercy. I don't have enough it's to bring to the to table. Do, yeah. I want yeah. I want others to join me. I bring you. I bring others. You know, like when you came to join us, I had, what, three or four other speakers other than yes. you and I. We mm-hmm. had five or six of us because I want unity. But the Lord spoke to me that he's the one that wants unity. And he said his goal is for us to bring the body, to, to bring the ministry gifts, the five, to bring them together. Well, they will work together. That's unity. And he said, when I get those ministry gifts working together in unity, the body of Christ will follow that unity and they will duplicate it because they're seeing it. And he said, this is what the Holy Spirit said, and I'll stand behind it because I heard him so clearly. He said, you will not find unity in the body of Christ until you find the unity in these five ministry gifts working together. Amen. That's so strong. It is because it starts at the top with leadership and it trickles down. That's what happens. Yeah. It has to start at the top for the rest of the body to work properly. Our, our mind has a lot to do with, right? The head has a lot to do with how the rest of the body functions. Yeah. And when these gifts are at odds with each other, you know, um, and throwing out name calling, to be real careful when you accuse somebody of being into witchcraft you have to be real careful when you accuse somebody of operating the occult because if you publicly do that and that person is serving the lord you have brought a direct attack on yourself instead for firing that toxin out there and becoming at that moment a tool for the enemy to use to confuse people to hurt the sheep and to cause more division, right? Because when firing off at the mouth like that happens, people don't think about the sheep and yeah. what it's going to do to the sheep. I've heard Robin Bullock say this too, what it's going to do to the sheep. Absolutely. And so um, there has to be a regard for that. And so you have to be real careful. And and I see people out there too that, that are putting their mouths on those serving the Lord, accusing them of heinous, heinous things, people who claim to be survivors of things, people who claim to be, and you know what, you know what they really need to be? Totally delivered and set free because they're claiming they are and they're lying to the public. They are not. They are in bondage. They are under the influence of dark forces and they are being used to project onto servants of the most high God what they went through. It's like, let me put it this way. If somebody is in an abusive relationship and they get out of it and then they accuse every single man of being abusive, just because that one man abused them, now they're going to accuse all men of being abusive. You're putting accusation on a ton of other people that don't have anything to do with what you went through. That's a whole lot of accusation to throw around. I see people and I see them doing it to make money and have platforms. They know they're lying. They know they're saying things they shouldn't, but it's salacious and it's bait that is put out there to hook people. 
Yeah. And it's wrong. We have to be careful. When me and Marty are addressing the church and talking about the church, you know what I mean? We're talking about factions of the church. We are not out there constantly with names. <clears throat> no. We're not. No, no, no. Because that, that, that's a lot of times that's very immature too. That, you know, God does a fine job of dealing with that on his own. Yeah. But we can address the problems we see coming forth from these things and that is okay but i'm saying people have to be careful in this hour you must be careful because he's right that enormous broom is coming in and a spring cleaning is coming to the house of god in the fall think about that sentence for a minute oh wow interesting you know galatians is it galatians mm-hmm. galatians 6 1 Mm-hmm. Um, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, I don't like that. Let me do the one I like the most is the King James. Galatians 6.1, brethren, if you see a man overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, okay, that means Paul is writing to the church in Galatia saying, those of you in the church who are the most spiritually mature, those elders, not just anyone show up and try to fix the problem. Those who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of meekness because those that are babies and children in the body of Christ, they don't know how to restore in love and meekness. They'll, and I literally just, literally just covered this this morning in my show of that when you see the fault in others, you don't have just a badge to go in like a police and announce it and fix it because the badge is supposed to be the badge of love. And remember that time you came to me and said, Marty, something's wrong somewhere in the body of Christ. And I said, yeah, let's just run after love and let's see if the Holy Spirit will lead us to do something about it. Mm -hmm. The first knee-jerk response we should have when we see something wrong is, what's the heart of the Father in this situation? Are we supposed to be attacking our own team members? Just because you're too ignorant to realize that they're a team member doesn't mean they're not. Oh my gosh, if they're saved. They're in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and they could use this if they truly need it. If you see someone overtaken in a fault, come to them, come to them, come to that brother or sister in a spirit of meekness, but he's asking only the spiritual people to do it, the ones that have developed their ability to see a problem but still apply the badge of love to it. Yes, and you know, love has many faces, so it doesn't mean okay, you just flat out accept it. It's just the way you handle it. Yeah, exactly. You don't, it doesn't mean you flat out accept it. It doesn't mean you flat out agree with all of it. It just means how you handle it and how you discern and walk carefully to know when to say something and when to let the Lord deal with things. Yeah. Because he does a very good job of that, the Lord. On I've noticed that. He's done, he does a very good job on his own of of correcting what needs to be corrected yeah so here's some you know i tell people many times god wants to be the loudest voice in the room (laughs) so many times it's good to 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 be careful and pray you know and 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 be careful in your steps and the lord goes before you and he deals with that yeah very good very good Mm -hmm. um first corinthians the third chapter 
I would say probably the most messed up church assembly group of people in the Bible in the New Testament could have well been the church of Corinth. And when Paul wrote the two books to the Corinthian church, chapter one, I mean, the, the first book of first Corinthians, he's addressing so many, there's a long list of things he's addressing. And so right here in the third chapter, first Corinthians three, listen to what he says. I, brethren, speaking to, we're not talking about the world, the ones that are in darkness that haven't received Jesus. He's literally talking to the brethren. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as though you were spiritual, but as carnal, as babes in Christ. Now listen to this next verse. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. Paul is one of those ministry gifts. Paul, from that place that he was a grown-up Christian, he was a grown-up spiritually adult not a baby or a child in spiritually. He was grown up and that allowed him to see carnality and to know what food needed to be fed to help them grow out of carnality. Mm-hmm. And that's a major problem right now. And so many leaders in the body of Christ, they literally don't even know what they're doing. They're just, Hey, let's just do deliverance and let's just only do deliverance. deliverance. And that's not a balanced meal. No. It's not a balanced meal. It's not. You have to feed babies the nutrients to grow, not just be delivered, but grow. Sure, they need need deliverance, but we just don't only do that. We have to focus on wanting to grow. And so what I'm seeing is we have members of the five ministry gifts that themselves, they've not spiritually grown up enough to know what a balanced meal looks like. Oh, I just said it. Come on, Amanda. <laughs> you take it from there. <laughs> but you it's true because when you, so like the prophetic, right? Where we are, right? Prophetic and yeah. teaching, right? We'll say we're, 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 in, we're in that wheelhouse. There's got to be prophecy, teaching. You know what I mean? Um, the meat and not the milk and, and, and growing them on that. And yes, there is healing and deliverance. We do also, but that, but we touch on all those other things as well. Yeah. And so you have to, because the way the Lord raised up the ministry gifts, the way he raises us up, we have the capability to touch on more than one. And if we are raised up of God and trained up to do that, then we should be because we can't box ourselves into one and neglect the others where then what begins to happen either, either it becomes too top heavy and it tips and it falls. Why? Because it's not balanced. Yeah. Healing and deliverance, yes, go together. Prophecy yeah. and teaching, yes, go together. And yeah. then you could join the four of those yeah. in order to actually help in more than one way the body of Christ. Yeah. Well, even so at the loud, uh, not the loud mouth, but the Tulsa Healing Revival where you, where you came in, um, I think I had you speak twice. I think I had you speak mm-hmm. in the afternoon after lunch for about an hour session. And then you came back and you headed up the night service for two or three hours. I started the morning off speaking. I think it was maybe an hour and a half or two hours teaching in the morning, something like that. 
But my goal, I could run and flow. I could prophesy. I could run those ways. But my goal of the meeting, which I believe I received from the head of the church, the entire day was built upon we want to get them to receive healing. Well, the number one way to receive healing is for them to take and take it by the hand of faith as we bring all the giftings and anointings we can and hand it to them. So it's us and them working together and connecting to God because my goal wasn't to be the most flowing and powerful one. My goal was to, what do I need to do first? If I'm going to go first, I want to teach and start line by line, bring an insight and correction to wrong thinking and strongholds. You know, one of the main points I hit off in the beginning was believers, they're receivers. Make sure you're a believer and the receiver just automatically follows it. So let's work on how do we take our healing today by faith. We've got Amanda, we've got all these amazing ministers that come, but you have a responsibility. You're responsible to believe the word of God today and reach out and take it because believers are receivers. I hammered that for 15, 20 minutes. I brought that and I was making corrections in people. I was doing my part knowing that I lined the day up with you next speakers to bring in the next level. So we have to know our part. We have to know what we're supposed to bring in our part and not make it all about one person or one thing. It's got to be working together to minister to the body. Yes, it's got to be being sensitive to the move of the Spirit. So you could be in the middle of teaching, and suddenly the Spirit of the Lord hits you, and Absolutely. he wants you to go out and start touching people and 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 healing them and prophesying and and you have to be <laughs> sensitive to move with that when the yeah. Lord gives you the unction to move. And in fact, we met a woman, I, I believe you met her too there at Reawaken America. She was at the Tulsa where the event that the two of us were at. Yeah. And remember, towards the, the we're going into the night. And I grabbed the microphone and I said, everybody that has an addiction, yeah, whether it's cigarettes or whatever else, I want you to come throw it at the altar right now. I want you to take it out of your pocket, take it and come throw it at the altar. <laughs> well, remember that? And Marty stomped well, we had on them. We had a pile them. of them, yeah. We had a pile and Marty literally stomped on them. And I stomped them. on them and made a little bit of a mess. Praise, Praise God. God. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay to make a little bit of a mess. So she got delivered. From an addiction to pay, I think an addiction to pain medication it was, wow. uh, or or something to that degree. But she got delivered from it hmm. that night because then we lined them up. We all started praying for them. We, uh, you, me, and and Jenny and Chris was there too. Started praying for these people that <laughs> were going through a lot of these issues. And so, but I, we were in the middle of doing one thing, and the Lord shifted me for a minute and said. This is what I want you to do. And you have to be sensitive enough to move with that because one flows into the other. Like I said before, one flows into the other. So there are times where the Lord's got you going and then he's like, okay, I just want you to move over a little bit to the right now and do this because the presence of the Lord is moving. And so we have to learn to be sensitive to that. And what's happened is from a lot of the pulpit, they are so concerned about their what'd you say just structured you know don't want the holy spirit to come and take you out of what the plan is for the day (laughs) yes yes so 
they are so concerned about sometimes some of the some of these sermons have begun to sound like motivation speaking yeah. Yeah. sessions and they they become more concerned about that <laughs> the agenda the lord wants to fulfill in that moment so they become more i have seen so many times in services where the holy spirit is moving and they cut him off because they want to get up now and and give what they have prepared. Sometimes, well, no, the Lord wants to keep moving. The Lord wants to keep going. I have seen yeah. that happen where they've cut the Holy Spirit off as he's moving. And the early church did not start the way we see the church now. It wasn't, okay, we're going to come in. We're going to sing, stand up, sit down. <laughs> okay, we're going to do tithes and offerings. Okay, now we're going to get back like that. It started, I believe, where they would have a meal and they would start praying. Hmm. And they let the Lord move. So the church has become a faction of it, totally insensitive hmm. to the Holy Spirit's agenda and him moving. They have become completely numb to it. So numb that they don't even identify it when it's there, nor do they want it there <laughs> because this is up the image they have projected out there to the public. Yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. I mean, you're, you're literally saying word for word. I mean, I did an hour, was it maybe an hour and over an hour show yesterday morning at nine o'clock central um, on loud mouth prayer. And I, I covered so many of the things you just said right there about just we want to develop in our personal life like a spiritual antenna. Now, you remember the cars, and there's still um, some some today. When you would get in, you'd turn the key to crank it, and the antenna would go, Boop. you know, the antenna would just kind of right raise up automatically. And then when you killed the car to get out, the antenna would go back down in the car. Well, we need to just turn on the antenna of spiritual sensitivity to just be in tune with the spirit of God and the heart of the father in our church services and just turn it on to where we're just, I'm, and I'm telling you, it's you something you just develop. You're just going about your day and you stop and you just, you can look to the inside. Actually, when you were speaking earlier, I knew you were going to be done speaking because you were, you know, you, we take turns and, you know, we take turns and I knew you were getting to the end of your, and I had nothing else to say. My mind's like blank. It's been already a long day. I've been up since five o'clock and running and it's been a long day. And so I just real quickly, no one even knew I did it. I just looked to the inside and I just found the presence of God. And then just immediately I began to know what to say. Well, it's just making that antenna go up. It's just connecting with him. And so we need that to be leading our church services. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's hard when they unplug from the presence of God to plug in more to the world. And that is what's happening more. Yeah. Unplugging from the presence of God to plug in the presence of into the presence of the world because they think in order to reach the world, they have to become more and more like the world 
to <laughs> the world, but in becoming Absolutely. more and more like the world to attract the world, it ends up becoming, it ends up becoming too much of a driving force within the church, the world and the flesh thing. So in trying to reach the world and becoming like it, it ends up beginning to dictate what they do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's something we all need to be aware of. And, and I'll say there's times some of us will go to a church. It's our home church and we'll have that happen and we'll see, you know, where's the spirit of God. Now the spirit of God is very sensitive. You could step over and do a carnal thing in a church service or a fleshly thing. And the spirit of God just flies away, just leaves that service and just lets you just do your own thing. So he's very sensitive, but honoring and magnifying and, and, and pulling on him and, and yearning, hungering, hungering for him will cause him to increase and come and then praying in tongues and worship and praise. And there's much that we can do to cause the Holy spirit to fill up a room more than just normal, you know, but I would say if you go to a church and it's your home church and you have a pastor and you love everything's, you know, you love your church, but you're not seeing the Holy spirit have his way. Pray for the pastor, pray for the leadership, pray for the church. Let's turn our, you know, our lack of um, liking our situation. What's the word? I'm missing the word here. Let's turn that into faith. Father, I don't like what's going on here. I'm not going to go complain about it. I'm just going to use my mouth for you. I pray for this church right now. Father, I just pray for this pastor. And now in Ephesians 6 around, was it Ephesians 6, 20 or 22, somewhere in there, there's that scripture that says, Paul says, and pray for me that I may have utterance and boldness that I may proclaim the gospel that I'm supposed to proclaim. That's a scripture that you can pray over the leaders of your local yes. assembly. Father, I'm praying for them to have boldness, that them to have a, encounters. The Lord's been dealing with me and saying, I want you to pray for my ministry gifts to have mm -hmm. encounters with Jesus. Because Amanda, you know, right? When you have an encounter with Jesus, it's just burned in you. It's the thumbprint of God stamped on you. When you spend time with Jesus, it just changes you. You see things differently because why? He's the head of everything you're doing. If you're working for him, you better listen to the boss or you're going to be let go. Well, that's a, that's a good way to put it. And it, you you have to always know your place. Far, 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 far below so almighty God and Jesus Christ. <laughs> we are given power by him. Behold, I give unto you power. So he's giving it unto us. It's not the other way around. We don't get to dictate and tell God what to do. We serve him. And a lot of times in, in, in what I see going on, the order of that is not emphasized enough. The order of that God is not a harmless little kitty cat that you could do what you want. And don't worry, nothing's going to happen. He's merciful. He's compassionate. He's long suffering. He's all these things. But don't think for a second he's not going to correct. And at some point he's not going to say enough is enough. You know, it, I mean, it, it comes to a point where it's like they want to. And this is the best way I can put it. They want to neuter the word of God. Mm. 
<laughs> and they want to take the seed out of it. That is so desperately needed to bring the conviction. They have whitewashed conviction to the point where nobody feels bad about anything. Oh, you could do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. You know, Jesus died. But that's making a mockery of what Jesus died for. It's not you could do whatever you want and we play Monopoly and we get out of jail free because we have a card. He suffered tremendously for our sin. And people think... Well, that means I could do what I want. Why? Because a lot of the churches taught them that. I can go do whatever I want. I can do this and this fine. I can be this way and this is fine. There is a song right now that's out. It's a country song. It says, I only talk to God when I need a favor. That sums it up. (laughs) That sums up part of what's going on. (laughs) I only talk to God when I need a favor. Mm. That's that's the temperature of part of I'm what just we're dealing with. Super excited that you're listening to country again. Praise God. I happened to hear it like it was like <laughs> a, a you know, an isolated thing where I where I heard it. I forgot yeah. who told me who told me about it, but they had told me about it this song and they had played a part of it for me to hear it and I thought, well, isn't that interesting? Because <laughs> that is in a way how the sheep have been taught. Yeah. Yeah. I only go to the shepherd when I need a favor. Yeah. And that's it. Which is usury and manipulation. It's not yeah. serving. Yeah. About a month ago, I got a speeding ticket. Jenny and I were, <laughs> we were going actually to go look at the venue where we have the Tulsa Hill and revival Saturday, two days from now, we were going there and I did my morning podcast I got done at 10, but I went over a little bit. Well, I got to be there at 1030. So I throw some pants on and a jacket or whatever. You know, I change clothes real quickly. We run, get in the car. I go get on the highway. I pull on the highway. I get up to about 85 miles an hour, just coming on off the ramp to go around a slow car. And as soon as I get around that car, I'm slowing down. I'm already gotten back to 80 and I'm going to slow down to probably 75. But there was a motorcycle, motorcycle policeman that got me. And I saw he got me. I just pulled on over. He walked up with a big smile. The nicest policeman I'd ever had pull me over. He gave me a ticket. But, you know, the point in all that is he was so nice. I really, It was really good to have that great experience. But the point is I broke the law. And the law is the law. And the law wasn't just trying to be sweet to me and lovey-dovey like a daddy to me. The law was like, you broke the law. You're going to have a consequence. And he gave me a gave me a I don't know, $100, $150 speeding ticket, whatever it was. But there was consequences that I had to do. Now, I'd get a speeding ticket about every 10 years because um, I don't speed that much and they never catch me. But I didn't say that publicly. So I don't speed that much. But um, but there's, but the, but the, but the Bible is God's law. Yes. And it's got some abrasive ability. It's got some correction, instruction, reproof ability. So that's in line with what you're talking about. Well, I don't want to just upset them. Lord have mercy. If you're going to try to raise babies or children in the natural world and not try to upset them, you're going to mess them up. We've messed up some spiritual babies. They've never grown. We've messed up some spiritual children. They've never grown because we didn't want to bring the law of God's word, which can have some friction, right? I, I do woodworking. I know what sandpaper does. I've used 
tons of sandpaper with electric mm-hmm. tools and by hand. And it is the friction that makes it showable, that makes it Amen. a finished product. Amen. And in order to mature, there has to be friction. There has to be some heat. There has to be. There has to be correction. Otherwise, you get reckless immature sheep. I know this yeah. firsthand. I've got Moses and Archie out there, right? <laughs> Our two sheep. What do sheep want to do? Well, fun scientific fact, sheep have a double skull and that's why they can and oh. not break their skull. And wow. so that's why they're called rams, the males, because this is what they like to do. No, it's not just the Dodge truck. That's why they're called rams. And so basically <laughs> they will take advantage and become reckless if you do not maintain law and order with them and correction. Moses has done this to me quite a few times because why? Because now Archie's in there and Moses wants to try to establish some dominance. Mm -hmm. And there are quite a few times I had to wrap my arms around his neck like this and just hold him there. And show him I'm stronger than you because you're not getting out of this. (laughs) To correct him, to show him if you want to be reckless, I am going to apply pressure and correct you. If I don't do that, he will want to ram everybody to the ground if I don't give him the boundaries and the order and the discipline he needs. And that's what we have right now. We have a bunch of rams running around wanting to ram everybody for everything, (laughs) for every reason, and think it's fine to get away with it. That's not how you raise, that's not a good shepherd. That's not being a good shepherd. They maintain order. And when I walk in that pen, they know she's got the food, she's got what we need, and we have to listen if we're going to get it. Yeah. There's your farming. There you go. Lesson for the day. <laughs> the New York farm girl strikes again. New I'm York telling farm you, girl. Telling you but what. There is good reason we are called sheep. There is very yeah. good reason in the word of God that we are called sheep. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And the good shepherd in John 10. Amen. I, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. He is. And the sheep follow the shepherd and they hear his voice and they're not led astray by the voice of others. Mm-hmm. And so the good shepherd knows, knows a good diet for the sheep. So the good shepherd, the master of the body, the body of Christ, the head is just waiting, Amanda, to reveal to the under shepherds, the food and the nurturing and the milk and the meat and the bread of life that should be administered and given to the sheep. Which is pastors, ministers, please begin to ask God what to share. Please. He will give you, I'm telling you, pastors are so Mm -hmm. powerful, Amanda. Their call and their ability to walk in the light of God on feeding and discipling and raising sheep, there is no other ministry gift can do what these guys can do. They are so powerful at being able to hear God and just do what they do. There are giftings and callings upon them, which no one else has. They can hear God so accurately to just like what you just said, even touch a little prophetic and then just move over into teaching and then move over into exhorting and, then, and just moving and flowing with God in the service. 
just letting the good shepherd be the head, though. Let, the under shepherd should be hearing and getting downloads. I'm speaking about downloads of revelation, insight, wisdom, spiritual understanding that they'll know how to feed the sheep the right way. You know, there's so much chaos in the nation right now. More and more people are craving order. Yeah. And boundaries. <clears throat> and that should be coming from the church. The church is the conscience of the state. That should be coming from the church. People should be running to ch church in droves when there's chaos and confusion because the church provides clarity and order and the power of God and it's transforming and it's convicting and you see results from that. What's happened is the two have eclipsed each other so much that a faction of the body is now in with the world. And so the world is not going to run to itself when they're shaking. This is why it's so crucial we get this right in this hour. You want to save this nation? This has to be gotten right. Yeah. This has to be gotten right. We Absolutely. are the conscience. We are the conscience, not the government, not their programs, not the governors. Yes, God appoints kings and leaders, yeah. but the church is the conscience. God has given us the ability That's through good. him to operate in power and authority in conjunction to bring conviction, to bring change. That is the problem. Too many are unconvicted because they have been coddled by a bunch of people that are too immature to lead in the first place. Mm -mm -mm. I'm not going to add to that. That was a good ending. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I felt that. That yeah. I felt when I said, I felt the yeah, power of God on that when I said that. So. Praise God. But pray for, pray for the leaders of the church right now. Pray for yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. Because you never know how all of a sudden the Lord could set someone straight and just use them mightily for the kingdom. That's why just pray for them because you never yeah. know what the Lord yeah. can do when they, when they submit. And just the, yeah. And just the power of multiplicity. I mean, they're affecting hundreds and thousands, you know, yeah. so it's so important to be able to pray for those ministry leaders, mm -hmm. to pray yes. for the pastors and, the, and all the others, to mm -hmm. pray for them that they get in the, in the hearing from the great, the head of what they're supposed to be doing with the sheep, because it's so easy. Man's plans are so easy to come up with and they seem so great and so wonderful. And, but where do we get where we are? Yeah. man's plans, deception. We've gotten to the church not being fed and raised up. So praise God. Yep. Well, we praise God. So we danced all around it, but I think almost every single thing we said today had to do with the preaching and the teaching of the word mm -hmm. and the importance of prayer, how the two are working together. Yeah. Because when we talk about helping the body of Christ and getting it in place, we're literally talking about reaching the precious fruit of the earth. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. Amen. And that's what it's about. Praise God. Praise God. Well, Marty, that's a good way to end grace out loud. Yes, ma'am. It is for today. And yes, we will be back with grace out loud a week from this coming Monday. We will be back on me and Marty together. I'm sure Jenny may pop her adorable little face she in. She should. She absolutely should. That'll be May the 29th. 
May the 20th. That is, do you know that is the day before mine and Chris's 15th wedding anniversary? Really? Mm-hmm. May 30th. Wow. We might yes. have to have a little celebration. We could have a little celebration. We could if you want. But yeah, yeah. May 30th is our 15-year wedding anniversary. Praise well, God awesome. I survived. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay, Marty. Wonderful to see you as always. Yes, you too, Amanda. God bless you. And uh, for all of you guys that, that were able to see Amanda and I in Miami, I think, Amanda, if I add up all the time, I think it was close to nine hours that we prayed for people. It so it was mm-hmm. a very eventful. It was such a great trip. So it was such an honor to get to meet and see all of you guys. Also, I want to let you know one thing, one a quick announcement for me. Um, I've been doing the, where Amanda just recently joined us. I've been doing... Um, Loudmouth Prayer Nation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what I have in my heart is to those who want all of my notes. So I build every time I speak, not today, because you and I just shoot from the hip some, if we say it that way. But um, but I build study outlines and notes and all the scriptures whenever I do uh, teachings, like I do lots of series. And I've sent Amanda some, you know, just different things. Well, I want to take what I've been doing for the Loudmouth Prayer Nation, the study on intercession and all that, and I want to make that available to people and send that to people who want it. So if you want to go and reach out to us and ask for that, I will have my staff share those notes with you. Praise God. So Praise God. And you can go to loudmouthprayer.org. Absolutely. Well, we love you guys. Thank you, Amanda. We'll see you soon. God bless you, Marty. Thank you. And that concludes Loudmouth Prayer for today. Uh, Pray for our leaders. Pray for what's going on. The church really needs to be coming out and bearing the standard right now of what the Lord is doing in this nation. The people of God have to be carrying that standard and bearing it and carrying it with conviction. So so pray and, and, and also seek the Lord about the direction he wants you to go, what he wants you to do, how he wants you to bear the standard. And get in his word, mature in his word. That is the key to direction too. mature in his word, in the word of God every day. Psalm 91 every day right now. Ephesians 1 and 3 from the uh, Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagin. I say that every day, those scriptures in Ephesians 1 and 3, uh, chapter 1 and chapter 3, in the Believer's Authority, I say those every day. So just a reminder of that. So God bless everyone. Keep the faith. Armor up according to Ephesians chapter six, and we will, we will be back on soon. We will announce when we're coming back on. I think it will be, um, next week actually that we will be back on, but we will, of course, as always announce on social media. God bless everyone. And I have to tell you something, they work. It is an alternative to big pharma based on quantum physics, over 40 scripture verses written into these patches for everything from blood sugar, anxiety, pain, neuropathy, to immune system boost, dog pain. They are very sincere about um, having alternatives to big pharma. We are a big advocate of natural solutions to help with pain and, and, and blood sugar and a host of other issues. I tried the pain patches and, and they worked when I used them. When you connect it to your body, the skin patch changes changes your brainwaves. Sugar, this one is neuropathy. I actually have it on. And we use this on Toby, actually, because Toby's about eight years old. 
and from being paralyzed years ago and the Lord miraculously healing him, he has a little leftover with his joints and his hips. So we actually give him the doggy pain patches. What was he doing? He was running? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I walked him out and wow, he's boom. And he got power. I said, no way. And I don't know. I said, Amanda, what? What did you do to him? To <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. If you are looking for advice on financial matters, if you think gold and silver is something that you should invest in, go to bh-pm.com today. Andrew Sorcini of Beverly Hills Precious Metals, who's been on Ark of Grace many times. He loves to answer our viewer questions. In fact, he's answered all sorts of questions about gold, silver, the markets, even the real estate market he's been kind enough to answer questions about. So if you would like more information, if this is something you would like to invest in, please go to bh-pm.com today. That is bh-pm.com. You want to support an amazing patriot that's doing so much for our country and be a blessing. You can go to mypillow.com and use promo code ARK, A-R-K, to save up to 66% or sometimes more off of all MyPillow products. They are so much more than just pillows. They have amazing bathrobes. They have sheets. They have slippers. They, of course, have pillows. And they even have dog beds and i will tell you a fun fact noble our pig at the animal sanctuary that many of you know and love has indeed slept on a my pillow dog bed so if you'd like to be a blessing go to mypillow.com and use promo code arc god bless everyone hello everyone it's amanda grace i'm here to talk to you today about this incredible product that i use every day called power team it is 130 raw superfoods and i have to tell you it is one of the most amazing products i have ever used i take it every day it helps me with energy it helps feed my cells at the cellular level it helps me with clarity and focus it helps with so many things and functions in your body including your gut as well so if you would like to learn more about this product, if you would like to learn the 130 raw superfoods that are in this product, please go to the link below or you could go to arcofgrace-ministries.com and go to our shop section and you will find Power Team there as well. Thank you, everyone. If you would like to grow your own food with what we see going on right now in the world with not only food supplies, but what they are doing to our food, you can go to amandagracegrows.com. These are amazing hydroponic growers. In fact, we have one in our parrot room, and this is an indoor one we have where you can grow food all year round, actually. Vegetables all year round. And we are doing that, actually, for our birds and our animals at our sanctuary. They also have outdoor ones. They actually yield 30% more and grow the vegetables three times faster. So if you would like to learn more, go to amandagracegrows.com. God bless. Hello everyone, it's Amanda Grace. I'm here to talk to you today about Reawaken America. I have had the honoring and humbling privilege of being able to be part of Reawaken America since the first one was had at Rima Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma in April of 2021. I have watched so many moments happen 
for the glory of God at Reawaken America. We have seen people healed, delivered, set free. We love to pray for people at Reawaken America. We have had the honor of praying alongside some amazing people. Uh, Marty Grisham from Loudmouth Prayer, Pastor Todd Coconado, who also deals in deliverance. And we have seen people's lives changed. We have seen them set free. We have seen people who are come seeking. And the Lord says, when you seek, you shall find. And you knock, the door shall be opened unto you. They have been seeking and those seeds get planted for the glory of God at Reawaken America. The word of God says it is the knowledge of the truth that shall set you free. And this is what we are doing at Reawaken America. You get biblical truth. You get a foundation of the word of God. And you also get necessary information right now to help you understand what is going on in America and the world. And I am humbled and honored that General Flynn and Clay Clark would even let me be a part of this. And people need the word of the Lord in this hour. That is what they need. They need those who are willing to boldly stand up and with the conviction and the authority from God, speak the word of the Lord into their lives. It is a catalyst. It is life changing. And and we praise the Lord that we have continued in this. And we hope to see you at upcoming events that are happening this year. We hope we get to pray over you at these upcoming events. 